today we, we, we were just chatting this morning and we were, we, we were trying to stir up joy in each other's lives. Um, and, and joy normally gets started in awkward moments. Hey, you look at someone. Have you, have you ever had that problem where you're like at a mall or at a robot and all of a sudden you're just staring out the window but then you realize you've actually caught the gaze of someone else and then your thoughts are, okay, who breaks first? <laughs> I normally just put up my hand and go. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it turns out and everybody laughs, you know. They let us out of jail. You know, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but uh, I believe we've, it, in everything, we've always got something to, to be grateful for. And, and it always stirs joy within our hearts, no matter what we're going. Uh, we... We read the verse that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And oh, we, we all need that kind of strength, joyful strength that is only found in Jesus. And so um, today we're going to be continuing with our series. At the, we are looking at, okay, Lord, take us deeper. Deeper. Um, anybody go to the beach this week? It was really hot. Uh, you have to, I mean... Cape Town's water is freezing, but, you know, this weather prompts, go deeper. <laughs> and, and that's something you will always find. You could sometimes stand in the shallows, whether it be with your faith, with anything, but circumstances, if you're not going to move forward, circumstances will drive you to go deeper. So Jesus is always inviting us to go deeper, but then there are times when we are just too stubborn to walk. And then something comes and it's like, oh, snap, I need to go. I need to go. But today, today I want us to, um, I want us to have a look at a passage quickly. And what we are looking at is, is growth. Deeper means growth. It's one of the values here at Prodeo is growth is essential. And if you didn't know that, come and join our This Is Us class. Uh, we, it's, it's not a class. Let's call it a This Is Us dinner. Yeah, everybody discovered it's, it's, it's all about fellowship, it's about food, I mean family, and uh, we, we have so much fun getting to know each other in that. I mean, we tell you our story, we hear your stories. Uh, what we heard this week was, was insane. Uh, we got some really intelligent people <laughs> that we have surrounded ourselves with, um, like genetic ninjas, if you call it. I mean, like... And I sat there around the table and I'm like, I'm just a pastor. <laughs> and no one judged me at all, so I felt very, very good. So um, come, in, come, come in your story if you never heard the story of Prodeo. Um, if you have and you've forgotten, come. Let me refresh you uh, about who we are. But uh, this year, we don't want to complicate things. We want to grow, but we want to keep it simple. But how many of you guys know simple is not always easy? It's like, do a burpee. A burpee is simple. You go down and you come back up again. It's simple, right? But do you know it's not easy? I've tried it. I, it takes me a while to go down, and then I have to find a chair to get up. <laughs> there are certain things in life that are simple but aren't easy. And, and growth is one of those things. Wherever you are, no matter what it is, sports, work, family, raising kids, um, life, school, studies, whatever it is. It's simple. There's this very, very simple concept of 
It's e- simple to grow, but it's never easy because in the first week we learned it's going to take effort. And no one likes effort. But there are just certain things that we're going to have to do. And so what I wanted to do today is how do we make going deeper practical? Everybody likes practical things. As uh, we, we taught our kids how to dry at a very early age. <laughs> we, we started off with teaching them how to light a fire with petrol. No, we never did that. <laughs> we did it a safe way. <laughs> it's like, so they'd come, we, we'd teach them, um, we, we'd have to coach them. How do you make things practical? It's easy to learn things, but practical is make, being able to put it into practice and move forward. And so that's what we want to do today. So if you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew. Where's Matthew? My, my son. <laughs> my, <laughs> I, I got a lecture from my wife last night. It's like not every conversation with our kids needs to be a lecture. Because like well, I chat about something and I'm like, where is this? Like in the Bible, it's like it's in the Bible, Dad. I'm like, where? How come you don't know these things? So we've been coaching them. So we're going to be in the book of Matthew, and we're going to have a look at chapter 4. Um, and we're going to start at verse 1. And this is the story of Jesus after he gets baptized, after he gets confirmation from his dad, he is led to be tested by fasting. Um, how many of you guys are ready for the fast coming up next week? No, like, everybody's like, no, it's not, there's no fast next week, guys. I, I remember what I said, after fasting comes feasting, and we're going to take a while to feast uh, before we go into our next fast. But um, let's have a look at Matthew 4 from verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. How many of you guys wanted that after the first day of fasting? Everything smells better when you start fasting. We didn't stay close to KFC. I don't even enjoy it that much. But like, all you smell is KFC. People talk about chicken and you... Chicken wings, guys. It's, it was crazy. And Jesus answered, and this is something I want you guys to write, highlight, uh, mark, is just this phrase, it is written. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, he quoted the book of Deuteronomy over there, chapter 8 verse 3, because Moses was leading the Israelites into the desert, and they were hungry, and they were complaining there's no food, and God said, tomorrow there will be, and that is what, and they got manna, no one understands what it is, no one can can explain what it tastes like really at this moment, they have an idea, but you see, Jesus came and he said, it's not just by food that we will love, it's by every word of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, 
for it is written. How many of you guys have ever been in a situation where someone used the word to like totally pull you down? It's the worst thing ever. I, I remember growing up, um, before getting a hiding, my mom and them would always turn to a passage in the Bible and it's like, you will beat your child. <laughs> no, 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 not quite, not quite. Um, but I, I love it. So, so Satan comes to Jesus and he goes, hey, this is what the word says. He uses a psalm over there to tell Jesus, come on, let me, let me just steer you a little. And what does Jesus do? Jesus responds and he answered, it is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Another quote from Deuteronomy chapter 6. He's talking about, hey, this is how we live with God. And he's like, come on, you, you can't catch me here. I'm, like my son and them, they're busy getting ready for assessments. And you ask them questions and they, they, they run through these things and you go, but what about this? And they go, not in our tests. You see, they've got to know what they have to study in order they, for them to pass. And so Jesus is just showing Satan over there, you might know something but let me show you just how much I know. And so verse 8 goes again. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. But just before you go, just, just one more because it is written so that you know as you leave what the word says. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And that is what I want us to have a look at today as we continue this series of going deeper. We want to make it as practical as possible. So today's message is titled, it's not complicated. Can we pray? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for everybody. Thank you that we get to grow. Thank you that you invite us to go deeper. I pray that this year, as we prayed last week and the week before, that as we go deeper, you will reveal yourself more and more to us. You will grow us. And Father, that we will fall more and more in love with you. So, work in us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so, um, Emma was playing the piano this morning, and uh, I've always wanted to play the piano growing up. I just wanted to play an instrument. And um, I, I wasn't that guy that, my sisters, they are the real colors in the house. They just got the, the they got beat, they got rhythm, they can sing. I was literally born a coconut. Brown outside, white inside. I had a... Guys, I couldn't even, when I saw my wife, this is how I kept it, man. It's just like, I mean, like, we were, I got no beats. So um, they, they, they learned how to play instruments just by looking at an instrument. And, and so they, they, they weren't passionate about it, and I've always wanted to do it. So my dad sent me for uh, piano lessons, and I'm like, yes. 
this is amazing. And I get to my first piano teacher and guess what she makes me do? She makes me sing. I'm like, I'm here to learn how to play the piano and she makes me sing. So what she does is she hits a note and she goes, repeat the sound. It was literally that. And as a young boy, I was, here we are. <laughs> and so she hits a note and I have to sing it back to her because she's testing to see if I'm tone deaf or not. I passed that test. Uh, so, so that kind of genes kind of worked through. And um, so, so as we're sitting there, she goes, what do you want? And she talks to me, and it's like, how do you want to develop? And she starts playing the song, and I go, I'd like to play that, but that seems too difficult. And her response to me is, not complicated. And by the end of the first month, I was able to play that song that she played the first day I walked in. Why? Because she taught me the basics that would eventually lead to playing that song. And it started off with reading one key. I learned that um, song, One Little, Two Little, Three Little Indians. One note, one little, two little, three. And then you jump a chord, little Indians. <laughs> it took me a week to learn that song. And then she taught me a new song the next week. By four weeks in, I was playing with two hands a specific song, very simple song. I'm not gonna play it for you right now. Um, because we don't have time. But I remember those words that she said, it's not complicated. Because a lot of times we try to complicate our growth. Growth is not complicated. How does a baby grow? Simple, it's hungry, it cries, we feed it. It's dirty, it cries, we clean it. Hey, it's, it's a rhyme, I just thought of that now, it works. I should start writing songs. Basai Papira, like, and we'll do it in the key of G because that's the Jesus chord. <laughs> but just like learning to play the piano, things can have the perspective of looking difficult. But it really isn't. Anything we learn in the beginning looks difficult. And our growth in Jesus can look, oh, I'm not there yet. I can't do that. But there is the basics that we kind of need to grow through. Because in piano, they teach you how to play chords wider. So you have to learn how to spread your fingers. You have to learn how to play. You've got a home and you've got a, what's the word everybody hates? Practice. I'm not looking at you, my son. But we've got to practice because there's a stretching, there's a growing. We need to remember certain things. We find out, and then when, when, when you get to a specific um, age in your life, you realize music is all a pattern. You start at one thing, and, and it's just this pattern that you can follow. And, and these are the things that you develop as you grow. So one of the most practical things that I want to give you today, now you're going to look at me and you're going to, so simple. And this is the first thing that we need to understand when it comes to growing. And this is what we find out as we read this passage that when Jesus was tempted is the very first thing that we need to do to make this practical, number one is you need to read your Bible. Simple, right? Read your Bible. I grew up in Sunday school and uh, there was the song, Read your Bible, pray every day, and you will grow 
grow, grow. Then I went to an Afrikaans church, and they got that song in Afrikaans as well. Yes, yo, babe. But I can preach in Afrikaans, guys. Excrave in Afrikaans. Oh, girl, let's go. But the deeper you want to go, you need to be able to read your Bible. Simple, right? Not easy. Because how often do we read our Bibles? How often do we wake up and go, okay, what is the word telling me today? How am I growing? How am I developing? You need to read your Bible because what did Jesus do when he was approached by Satan? He didn't say, Milo says. He went straight to the word. He said, it is written. In your workplace, remember I said, you have to take this word and go home and ask God, how do we apply it to our lives? So in your workplace, what is the word telling you on how to live your life in the workplace? It is written. This is how we should develop ourselves. You see, it's not about in anything, sports, work, family, uh, you name it, relationships. It's not that and then God, because you know we've got priorities. And we go, we list these things and then put God here. It should be God and everything else. What does it say? What is the intensity on how you read your Bible? Quickly, turn to someone. And if it's your spouse, at least smile at them. If it's family, smile at them. If it's someone you know, smile at them and go, I'm one of a kind. I am beautiful. I am amazing. Say that. Say that. I'm one of a kind. I am beautiful and I am amazing. Quickly. It has to make up, guys. Let's be awkward. Let's be awkward. Why? How do I know that? Because it's, it, it, it's written. It's written in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. Come on. It is written that you are amazing. It is written that you are loved. Say, I'm loved. Hey, Judah, I'm loved. <laughs> Say, I'm someone's favorite. <laughs> Why? It's written. You know, sometimes we can walk into a situation and feel left out. We can be in our families and feel left out. Sometimes we can be in a relationship and we go, oh, I'm not loved over here. But can I tell you something? It is written. John 3.16. One of the verses that we should have implanted on our hearts and our minds is that you are loved so much that someone was willing to die for you. Come on. But the only way we can know this is if we read this. It is written. How do we know what is right from wrong? How do we know that when we are sinning, that God wants to do a new work in us? I always say, after Sunday, go home, read the word, see what he says is right, and if it's wrong, let's have a conversation. Why? Because I don't want you to go anywhere else and sit under someone's teaching and be so confused coming out of that that you don't know what God wants to do in your life. So we have to go, it is written. 
Um, I've got certain friends that think my choice of cell phone brand is ungodly. But if you go and read up about it, I can honestly say it is written. No, not, not in the Bible. <laughs> not in the Bible. In Google. If ever we want to grow and increase in anything, what do we do? We go read about it. We go find out about it. We go to the source. If you want to grow in Christ, you've got to read your Bible. It's not very easy to wake up every morning and read your Bible. But how many of you guys know it is a habit that we have to put into place? God wants to speak to us. He wants to grow us. But how are we going to grow if we don't read? So this week in Life Group, we are going to do Bible study. We normally do this in the fourth week of our look-in sessions, our growth track. We teach people how to read their Bible, how to do Bible study, and we decided, well, we can't wait till then, let's do it now. Because we want to grow. So we're going to teach people in life group how to read and how to study their Bible. To most of you, it goes, I know that, I do that. But it's okay. Someone next to you might go, I've never done that before. And we want to equip everybody so that you can become stronger and more knowledgeable about Christ. Because that is what it is. Once you read your Bible, the next thing you will understand is that you need to know God. Not know about Him, but get to know Him. Um, anybody like puzzles? Every Christmas, uh, we get a new puzzle. And it's not one of those difficult puzzles, those eight pieces. We don't do those anymore, and I'm so upset. <laughs> but we get like this 1,500-piece puzzle. Now, guys, let me tell you, the biggest problem I have is I'm color lazy. I'm not color blind. I can see certain colors. They tested me last two weeks ago, and I failed miserably. <laughs> it was a green light or a yellow light. It was red, guys. <laughs> and my wife buys this puzzle, and the first... Like, you look at the box, and I'm like, I can't do that, because it's just oranges and browns. It's the safari, and then you have to figure out where the cheetah goes, and the, they all look the same. Like, the, the zebra, how do you tell the difference? And they're all in these small pieces. But you, you know what the crazy thing about the puzzle is? Every piece of the puzzle is very important. Have you ever built a puzzle, and then all of a sudden, one piece is missing? Like right at the end, right at the end, you guys are like, we are done. And you look and like, there is a hole. And you, you, you're selling kids, you, like, you don't know what to do now. You just, every piece is important. But not every piece on its own can tell you the full story. They need to be connected to the right pieces next to it to help reveal what the full picture is. So this is why we read the Bible, so that we get to know who God is, because every piece, every part of the Bible explains who He is, but it's not until we get the full picture that we understand certain things in the Bible. We need to have everything together. You see, Satan's first 
to temptations touches on questions that everybody always asks. Who will be my provider? Who will look after me? Those are two questions that we always ask. Going out of school, how am I going to make it through life? And where's my security coming from? Satan goes, turn this, turn these stones into bread. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. Do we have it here? And his righteousness and all these, what is it? Say that word, things. What do I want? Things. They will be given to you, but what do you have to do first? Seek him. Why? Because he is my provider. He is my source. Have a look at another verse quickly, Philippians 4, 19. It says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory, to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You see, I, I just want to, if you can keep that, that one up there. Philippians 4, 19 is the back end of Paul having a conversation with this church. And he's telling them, guys, I've been through some really crazy situations in my life. I've had a lot, and I've had nothing. And in it all, I've come to learn that I can make it because of Jesus who strengthens me. And then he goes, it doesn't matter if I have a lot or a little. I know that my God will be my provider. He will provide what? My needs. And we all look at it and go, my needs is money. But everybody's needs are different. There are people that are walking around here and it's like, I really need to be in a relationship right now. My, I, I need something to work my relationship out. This is my need. Who's going to provide that for you? Are you going to look to man? You're going to look to God. I've got a need that my kids, something needs to change over there. For some of us, our needs could be finances. But this is what I've come to learn. Whenever we place our trust in man, we will be disappointed. God will supply your need, not always your want. What do you need to grow right now? What do you need to see the full picture of who he is right now? Because as he responds to your need, your wants change as well. Because as my need for my relationship with my wife changes, whatever else I want changes. Because why? Because I'm looking at Christ now, and he's changed this, and it moves me into a different line and moves me closer to him. So what I really wanted doesn't work over here, and I forget about it, and it becomes something else. It brings us closer to him. You know, in this specific um, temptation, Satan is really asking us, are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust God? Apply your needs or are you going to make your own plan? In the second temptation, Satan does something very interesting. He quotes the word to Jesus. 
And Jesus, I, I don't know about you, when, when you guys were fasting, um, how many people would you allow to be like sarcastic with you? My dog looked at me weird and I'm like, you're finding a new house. We were ready to ride over people. It's like, what did they do? No, they looked at me. That was a race, my babe, and I can't. But Jesus doesn't respond by pulling out a knife. What does he do? He ups the ante. He says, okay, you know something, but let me tell you what is written. Remember I said each puzzle piece is there to show you the full picture. Be careful we don't take that one puzzle piece and make it the be-all and end-all of our existence because we can take it so out of context so fast that it could hurt people. It will draw them or will actually push them further away and it could actually pull you further away from who God really is. We need to make sure that we're putting these puzzle pieces in the right place. You can take something out of context and it can fit your life. But the moment you see it in scripture for what it really is, God revealed himself and what it is really that he needs to understand in those passages. See, we read the Bible not so that we can come, become conceited and arrogant so that we make others feel a little bit bad. We read it so that we get a better understanding of who God is. How much he loves us to transform us and draw us closer to him. That is why we read the Bible. That is who God is. Last week we heard God is love. Last year I spoke about sometimes God will correct us and everybody goes, I don't like that word. But how many of you guys know correction in someone's life is actually life? When a, when a kid is learning to walk and you're cooking on the stove and they lift their hand, what do you say? Bad stove. Why are you on? Can't you see my kid is growing here? No. Correct the kid. So that he knows not to touch there again. That's correction. They might not like it there. But they'll know next time I don't do that. God brings correction because he's a God of love. So that we can go on a straight road. You see, my God will protect you. He cares about your mental state. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares on Jesus. I preached on this once. What does cast mean? Any fishermen? Anybody that can fish? I only see one. No one stands at, at, at the end of the ocean and drops the fishing rod in over here. No one that can fish. <laughs> You're always casting it. What does that mean? It's to throw it far. But he says, chuck it onto Jesus. Throw it on, cast it onto God. Why? All your worries, your concerns, throw it far away. And it land on him. Why? Because he cares about you. So that it doesn't plague your mind. Who's going to be your protection this year? God will look after you. Number one, we need to read our Bible so that we can get to know God 
And this is what I want to close off with. Number three, worshiping. Practical things. Simple. But not easy. Worship is our response to the greatness and goodness of God. It's not just that, you know, everybody thinks, oh, we're going to have a lovely time in worship when we come to church. It's that part in, in the service where all we do is we sing. That's a part of worship. That is not worship on its own. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is who you are. My kids, uh, my son had his very first sleepover this week, and he had a bunch of mates come over, and apparently they are all soccer crazy. So at half past 11, they're playing soccer outside. And now you can't, you, you think girls are 11-year-old boys. Wow, squeakiest voices ever. And they're playing soccer on our little porch. And I was just there so that no one breaks my windows. And what happened was they, they all chose soccer players. Like, I am Ronaldo, or I am Messi. I was like, there are names. I'm like, Does that, is that even the real name? And whenever someone scored, they did the same thing. Cristiano's, you know, I don't know what you're like, see! Very high pitch, and then there's like one deep one goes, see! I'm like, and then afterwards, they go inside to play FIFA. And then they fight over who's, what team, and, and when they score, they stand up and they go, see! And in my mind, I'm going, what are they doing? They are putting someone on a pedestal. Now, 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 now you hear what I'm saying? They, they're not worshipping that person, but they are saying, hey, that person's great. And we need to be careful. I go, why doesn't no one be Jesus? I know that sounds weird. It's like, imagine going onto a soccer field. It's like, who are you? I'm, I'm Jesus. What happens? They worship me and I can just do this. And yeah, no, I'm just joking. That's really bad. But we need to be careful that we don't put everything before the one we worship. Because that's all Satan was doing. He was going, you know, you see all this? I know you want it. But in order to get it, put me in front of God. Give me what I want not what you want. Because we can easily take something and place it in front of Jesus. How big is this Bible? It's not big, it's small. Come on, guys. I've got a bigger Bible at home. Hold that. Next to me, show me the Bible. Can, 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 okay, hold it up. Can you see me? Hey? The further I go, and the closer you pull it to your face, how much can you see me? And this is what worship is. Worship is going Jesus at the center of everything. Because we can easily take anything else and put it in front of him. My work, my, my career, my, my family, you know, we can do that very easily. It's like, oh no, I need to keep my family here. But what we don't understand is when we do this, he brings family to you. 
He lifts us up in our workplace. He is the one that takes us from where we are and, and, and grows us in whatever sports we are doing. We need to worship him everything that's in us. Not what I do. Because of God, I do. And so to make things practical this week, let's get into the word. You don't know what to, to read? Start at Philippians, book of joy. Count it all joy. James says it. Get joy in your heart. Don't start at Genesis. It might scare you. But don't skip Genesis. Start something that tells you about goodness away from it. Take a puzzle and see it in its entirety. Worship him with everything that you are. Because this year, as we go deeper, we need to understand where he wants to lead us, what he wants to do with us. We get to ask questions, and then we get to put it up with scripture and say, Lord Jesus, you say this, it is written. And what does the word of God says? My word won't turn to me void. If he's spoken it, it will happen. But we get to claim those things. Come on, there's promises that we need to understand in the Bible. But you go read it. You go highlight it. Make it yours. Go deeper. Let's grow. We pray. Father God, we just want to reach out to you right now. You're a God that loves. You're a God that cares. You're a God that's present. I love that most of all. God that is present. Emmanuel. With us. Not God far off. I pray that as we head through this week, that you would make these words in the Bible come to life and speak to us. Take us on a journey of growing with you. May it transform us from inside. May it shape the way we see. May it put us on mission. May it encourage us. May it direct us, Father God, where we need it. May it correct us. May it build us up because that is what your word does. This is your word. I pray we, whatever need people's lives at this moment, I pray be that. You respond to them. You respond to us. Father, we pray that we will never be the same again. Grow us as we go deep.